Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of uh, Everyday Truth. I am um, going to dub this week Dunkin' Donuts Week because I've got a bunch of mugs uh, from Dunkin' Donuts from all around the country, and I figured we'd start with my home state of Connecticut. So there's my Connecticut Dunkin' Donuts mug. I love going back to Connecticut because there's a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner in Connecticut, as it should be. So uh, you'll have to wait and see what the other ones are, but this is Dunkin' Week here at Everyday Truth. Uh, we're in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 1, and I want you to look at verse number 7. We, we left off there last episode, and I just want to reiterate one thing before we move on. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7, uh, where the Bible says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Love the encouragement of the Apostle Paul. Uh, he's speaking to those that are in distress, those that are suffering persecution, the Thessalonians. And he said, hey, rest with us. Uh, we, we've learned what it is to rest in the Lord. We've learned what it is to trust him in tribulation. And then the Bible says, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. So we, we certainly can have a rest Eventually, when uh, evil has been banished and when God has taken vengeance and we are safe at home in heaven, and I think that, that there's a soul rest that we can have anticipating that day, realizing that God does have things under control and even our present distresses are but a light affliction that endure for a moment. Remember, uh, Paul used that language with the Corinthians, uh, but uh, there's also a, a real bona fide rest that is coming to all believers uh, in a physical sense. Watch what uh, the Bible says here in verse number uh, seven again. Uh, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's coming a day when Jesus is going to come not for salvation's purpose. He's already come for that. Uh, the Bible says he came unto his own. His own received him not. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when Jesus Christ came his, the first time, he was coming to seek and to save that which was lost. He was coming to pay sin's penalty for mankind. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus Christ did come for that purpose, but when he comes again, now we're talking about his coming again to this earth. We know that he comes in the rapture, in the air, and we are caught up together with him. But when he comes again to this earth, he's coming in judgment. He's coming to judge uh, the armies of Antichrist. He's coming to bring righteous a righteous reign in his millennial kingdom to this world. And the Bible says he comes in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. 
and uh, them that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not that uh, God through Christ has a, a hatred for ignorant people. Uh, the point here is that these are God rejectors. Uh, these are they that don't know God because they've chosen to reject the good news, the gracious news, the merciful news of the gospel of Christ. Uh, verse number nine continues, and it says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So what does final judgment look like uh, for the lost? Uh, uh, now, we could talk about hell and the uh, permanent abode of the lost, which is the lake of fire. But in a general sense, the eternal destruction of the lost is the fact that they will, know, they will be forever outside of the abiding presence of God. Did you see what it said that in verse number nine? It said, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction. There's no such thing as just annihilation. The punishment of the wicked is an everlasting thing. That's a sober thought. But then it says, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And so forever and forever and forever, those that have volitionally consciously rejected God and the offer of the gospel will be forbidden from the presence of God and from all of what God is known for, the glory of his power. What, what is God's glory? All of that for which God is known, of uh, the wonderful future that God has pre prepared for those that trust in him, the wonderful future that is there for you and me as we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, what a sad day that is for every rejecter. And I know that sometimes we read verses like destruction or vengeance or flaming fire, and we think, wow, God is just a God of judgment and God's a God of, of hatred and, and, and vengeance. But God's judgment and God's vengeance are in righteousness, and they come after a, an offer of, of forgiveness, an overture of grace and mercy. And so there, there's a culpability on the part of those being judged because they have rejected the free offer of God. God's not going to force a person against his will, but a person that has willfully rejected God is one that will that has chosen really to suffer the consequences, the worst of which is to exist forever outside of the glory of and the presence of God. Would you look at verse number 10, uh, where the Bible says, when he shall come uh, to be glorified in his saints, to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So just as there's bad news that those that have rejected Christ and those that have said no to God will suffer vengeance and judgment and separation and all the things about which we just spoke, but the Bible says then on the positive side, uh, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints, you know, one of the opportunities we're going to have as those that return with the Lord, 
uh, at his second coming, when we come from heaven to this earth and rule and reign with him for that 1,000 years, uh, that we get to be bearers of his glory, reflectors of the glory of, of, of Christ to a world that will be ruled by him. We will have received our glorified body. And as such, uh, are any goodness we have uh, in our appearance, in our body, in our personhood is because of Christ. And he is glorified in us. What a thought. And then the Bible says in verse number 10, and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed. There's the key. Paul said, why is this an opportunity for us? Why is this a promise uh, to these Thessalonian uh, church members? Because they believed. The key is, what have you done with Jesus? Either we have believe on him, which means we put our soul's reliance upon him and him alone for salvation. He is my savior. There is no another. He is the essence of the gospel with no admixture of works. Uh, either I believe on him and him alone or I reject him. It comes down to that. Believe or not believe. Uh, it's just that simple. And Paul reiterates that all of eternity and all the consequences of all of our future depends on that one question. What will you do with Jesus Christ? And maybe you're listening to the podcast today. Uh, maybe you're a seeker and you're not quite sure about your standing with God. You don't really know what will happen to you when you die. And maybe if you were in this verse, you're wondering, boy, would I be the one that doesn't know God, that's rejected the gospel, that has not obeyed the gospel? Or am I among the saints in whom Christ will be glorified and admired because I have believed on him? I've put my heart's faith in Christ alone. Maybe today, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you would simply admit, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I've failed you in many ways. I'm sorry. I believe that you died upon the cross in my place. I believe that you were buried and rose again. I I'm trusting you as my Savior. Come into my life and become my personal Lord and Savior. Please, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe that you are the son of God who died, was buried, and rose again. Come into my life. It's not the words that save you, but from your heart, would you believe on Jesus today? With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Perhaps today is your day. If it is, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to contact me through your podcast platform or simply email me at kurtskelly.com. And I'd love to know about that great decision you've made for Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, my friends, we're going to jump back into verse number 11, uh, next episode to finish out the chapter. Hope you'll stay with us for that. It's Duncan week here at Everyday Truth. Stay with us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.